This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And it is time to preview the Virginia game, which will kick off at 3.30. Um, played on the ACC Network. And it is a it's a key game to me, Gabby, to kind of keep the good vibes going, coming off a nice win against Clemson. So... This is definitely an area of the program that has not been consistent uh, over the last 15-ish years. And so this is an opportunity for Miami to show that they are taking the the necessary steps that they need to, like a real program would. Um, Before we get into it, Gabby, let's start with injury talk here on the front end, kind of set the table in terms of where we understand things are at. Uh, So Mario Cristobal announced on Monday during the press conference, the weekly press conference, that defensive end Nigel Kelly is out for the rest of the season. Um, Definitely a hit for the defense, um, but also wishing him a speedy recovery here um, so that he can get back on track with with his career. Talented player. Uh, Wish him the best. Tyler Van Dyke, We'll be back. Uh, I heard as well he's out there practicing. You know, I, I still think his mobility will be a little limited, um, but I think in general he is going to be okay to play, uh, you know, especially if the pass protection up front performs like we've seen here in recent weeks. Running back Henry Parrish, I think he will be back after he was held out against Clemson. Mark Fletcher working his way back, but I don't think he will be a go this week. Trevante Citizen is working his way back as well. I think we'll probably see him at some point in November. That's just my sense, um, which would be nice. You know, he 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 can bring a healthy Trevante Citizen, a fully recovered Trevante Citizen is an intriguing piece to me if he gets an opportunity here in the last month of the season to show what he can do. Um, and Akeem Mesador, I would just characterize as doubtful until we actually see it. So I don't know if I'm missing anyone else, Gabby, but I think that does it. Um, let's get into the Miami-Virginia series here in recent years. My- Miami owns the all-time series 12-8. to in the last 10 games, Miami owns a 7-3 to edge. The last five games have all been decided by one score. And of course, who could forget 
last year's horrific 14 to 12 game that went four overtimes. We will never get those hours back in our lives. Um, so Virginia does play Miami tough, uh, an overview of Virginia season. They're two and five on the season this year. They are one and two in conference. Of course, they are coming off an impressive win over North Carolina. They did have kind of a, you know, for a program of Virginia's level, they did have a relatively tough start to this season in terms of opponents playing Tennessee to open the year. James Madison, who's one of the better group of five programs in the country right now, uh, they lost to them, lost to Maryland, a Big Ten team, and then lost to NC State. I will say they did have some one-score losses this year to James Madison, NC State, and Boston College. They played William and Mary um, in what week six, I think. Uh, so they played William and Mary, their FCS opponent, on the schedule. It was kind of a get-right game for them. They then went into a, the bye week, and they came out of the bye week a little healthier and they earned the win over North Carolina. So I do think in general, Gabby, like I think early in the season, they were really bad. And I do think they are slowly getting better and better and better as the season progresses. I still don't think they're necessarily, they're, they're not a team that should have beat North Carolina, but uh, they are definitely trending in a, in the right direction in terms of improvements uh, Virginia coach Tony Elliott. He's in his second season there. He has a five and twelve record. You know he's been tasked with leading the Virginia football program during a tough time there. You know we all remember that tragedy last year with the shooting that took place, taking the lives of uh, three football players. So, um, you know I do think Miami is going to um, have some sort of way to honor those players. Um, I don't know, before the game or during the game, et cetera. So that is a classy move by the program. Tony Elliott's background, of course, is, is offensive coordinator at Clemson. He brings a balanced spread attack that ideally peppers the ball around to different skill players. And we see that from Virginia this year with their approach on offense. Their, their coordinator is Des Kitchings. Um, he is running that totally Tony Elliott Clemson offense. The Virginia offense is averaging only 361 yards per game, which ranks 86th in the country. They are averaging 23.6 points per game, which ranks 94th in the country. They are only averaging 4.8 yards per play, which ranks 104th in the country. They're not overly efficient in the run game or pass game. They are somewhat explosive in the past game relative to the rest of their offense, uh, but they're still only kind of an average team when it comes to explosive pass game. Um, defensive coordinator John Redzinski is also in his second year at Virginia. He spent the majority of his career at Air Force with his last four years there. So he's 14 years at Air Force. His last four years at Air Force, he was their defensive coordinator. They kind of run like a four-down front, uh, multiple-ish type of defense. They're allowing 395 yards per game, which is 92nd in the country. 
31.1 points per game allowed, which is 107th in the country. That is worst in the ACC. 5.8 yards per play allowed, which is 88th in the country. The run defense is pretty bad from an explosiveness and efficiency standpoint. They do allow 172 yards per game on the ground, which ranks 103rd in the country. Pass defense isn't all that great from an efficiency standpoint, but they are relatively decent at containing explosive plays. They have allowed 26 plays that have gone for at least 20 yards, which is 34th best in the country. So they're kind of a defense that forces you to methodically move the ball downfield, bend but don't break style of defense. The holiday season is upon us, and Midway Sports is here to take care of all of your sporting good needs. Check out their wide range of selections for all your golf, pickleball, football, basketball, and baseball needs with a variety of top-of-the-line necessities and accessories to help you look and perform your best on the field of play. All of that located just a mile south of the University of Miami campus. Midway Sports is also there for all of your team uniform needs, whether that be your kids' Little League team or your adult softball team. Tell them Gabby Rudia with Through the Smoke sent you, and they will take 30% off the price of, of the cost of your uniform order. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at Torres Lionel one, the number one at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises, your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later, and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation, and Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698. Or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. Uh, All right, let's get into the personnel, Gabby. You and I both watched more Virginia football than we would have cared to watch in preparation for this podcast. Let's start with their offense. Let's start with their quarterback, Tony Musket. What is perfect name for a Virginia quarterback, by the way? Perfect name, like ideal name. What are your thoughts on Mr. Musket? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think Musket is a, you know, he's he's an interesting, I mean, I, I think he's a guy that 
I, I think really just tries to target uh, that Malik Washington a lot. I think he kind of has a good understanding of what to go, like how to kind of go through the offense kind of feels like a game manager type to me. Um, a guy that's going to just kind of do uh, what he kind of needs to do. I don't know if he's going to give you a ton of extra. He's a tough dude, uh, apparently playing through basically a non-throwing shoulder injury that I guess requires surgery, um, but he decided that he's playing through it anyways. Um, so tough dude. Uh, he He's willing to kind of tuck the ball and run. Uh, I feel like he's kind of forced to do a lot of stuff, maybe like outside of the pocket, because I feel like, uh, you know, that Virginia – Offensive line, uh, you know, over the course of the season has kind of collapsed on him. Uh, I think he can be a little bit erratic with the football at times, too. Uh, to me, just again, just kind of just considering who Miami's sort of seen this year. Uh, I don't think he's I think he's maybe to like middle of the pack to like the back half of the pack. As far as just like overall talent, he's a Monmouth transfer. He's like a Gabbert-ish type, right? To me. Yeah, yeah. He he's in that he's in that kind of level, that kind of range. Uh, when just watching, you know, the way that he kind of goes about his stuff. But he is a tough dude. He's a gritty guy, and I kind of like kind of like Gabbert, right? Like I feel like similar similar type of stuff there. Um, but yeah, you know, I think he's okay i don't know if he's ever gonna go out there and win you a game like on his back but i, I think he does a good job of distributing the ball and just kind of running the offense yeah total game manager so he did win the job coming out of camp i think he sustained the injury against tennessee in game one and that kind of opened the door for anthony calandria to play as a true freshman who brings some intriguing physical traits to the position, but not quite ready, a little too wild as a true freshman quarterback. Uh, so Tony Musket kind of gives you that element of knowing what to expect from a quarterback, which most coaches prefer, of course. Um, one thing that's interesting to me, just looking at him, he's not as productive off play action or RPOs, which kind of speaks to the lack of respect for a Virginia run game. It's just not like, Basically, the run game and the pass game aren't really married up like you would want um, if you were an offensive coordinator. And yeah, you mentioned his running ability. He is, you know, not dangerous as a runner, but he yeah. is a guy that will convert first downs um, against North Carolina. That was kind of a big key in the game in terms of why they won. Uh, he ran for 72 yards on designed runs, just kind of kept that those chains moving in key situations and he's definitely most effective when he's getting the ball out quick like you said we'll get into him um later on but most effective feeding the ball to slot receiver malik washington um let's just go into malik washington so obviously virginia's top option in the passing game in terms of uh Receivers. He is a transfer from Northwestern. Six most receiving yards in the country right now. Second most productive slot receiver in the country behind Missouri's Luther Burden. Six in yards after catch in the country. Tenth in the country in targets. He's kind of a speedy guy. To me, Gabby, like he's kind of like a, from a build perspective, kind of like their Brashard Smith because he's fair. kind of like a thicker, stronger build of a slot receiver. He's not as tall as Brashard, um, but he's kind of got a nice quick first step. He can also make plays downfield. He can make contested catches. 
He's a nice little, he's a nice slot receiver. Definitely the guy I think that if you're going to pick a guy that scares you on the Virginia offense, it would be Malik Washington. Yeah. I mean, he, he's that guy. I feel like he's, I feel like they find different ways to get him the ball, whether it just be kind of like some of those quick throws, whether they kind of get it to him downfield. Uh, even when Musk is kind of running around, I feel like he's kind of looking for Malik Washington and, and tries to find ways to get him the ball. I feel like they'll give him those quick little, like uh, kind of like on a end around type of thing where they'll just kind of pitch it to him and just kind of find a way to get him the ball in space to the out, like outside of the tackles. So I feel like they just find different, you know, creative ways to get the ball into his hands. Cause to me, he's clearly the best or most explosive playmaker on that Virginia offense. And uh, I think uh, they do a good job of drawing things up for him and finding ways to, to keep him involved in, in the offense. I think this year he's only had one game where he hasn't caught for a hundred yards. And I think he caught like, I think he had like 97 receiving yards in that game. And then I think he's only had one game where he hasn't scored a touchdown and he had like 140 receiving yards in that Maryland game that he didn't score. So he's just, he's been highly, highly efficient. And, you know, they definitely look to, to feed him as much as possible. They also feature Malachi field, who is a possession guy, six foot four, 220 pound guy. He's not a guy that's going to like, scare you from a creating separation yep. standpoint. But, you know, especially after that Clemson game where Clemson threw a bunch of fades to their tall possession receivers, I just think that's something to keep an eye on with Malachi Field because um, he is pretty good at pulling down contested catches. Another guy to me that kind of stood out, especially in that North Carolina game, a guy to keep an eye on or just account for is their tight end Sackett Wood. He, uh, you know, he has seven receptions for 123 yards on the season. All seven of his receptions have gone for first downs. He did have 62 receiving yards against North Carolina. He picked up some key first downs against the Tar Heels in that game. So those are the guys that stand out to me with the pass catchers. Is there anyone else to to mention there to you, Gabby? No, I think that's that's pretty much it. I was going to mention... Uh, I was going to mention Wood because the games that I watched, he seemed to have been a he, he seemed to have impacted them, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a in a in a in a real way. So I think he's a he's a good little tight end for them also. Running back wise, I mean, quite frankly, there's not nothing there that scares you uh, in terms of size, speed, explosiveness, etc. It's definitely a weakness of this Virginia attack. Uh, Paris Jones is, is a five foot seven running back that leads them with 302 yards, two touchdowns. Kobe Pace is a Clemson transfer. He has 241 yards and one touchdown. And then you got Mike Collins, who is coming off a three touchdown performance against uh, North Carolina. He, of course, is one of the guys who... Um, you know, was a part of that shooting. Uh, of course, he is a survivor, and it is a great story that he is able to play, and he is producing for Virginia this year. But overall, Gabby, I think this offense is fairly one-dimensional, and, you know, that's not even to say, like, Virginia's passing game is anything scary, but I do think that they are somewhat limited now against North Carolina they did have success running the ball. It was right. by far their best performance running the ball this year, over 200 yards. So there's that's something to monitor in terms of maybe are they hitting on something. 
but in terms of just talent and person from their personnel, I'm personally not blown away by it. Yeah. And just to kind of just touch on, I guess, the success that they had against North Carolina, uh, you know, we talked, they, they've only won two games on the season. They've been back-to-back wins, William, Mary, North Carolina, uh, in those two, in both of those wins, uh, you know, so in the, over the last two games, uh, they've ran for over 220 yards in each of those games. So I guess it's, have they found something or are those kind of just like outlier performances? I guess we're, we're going to see, uh, I think that, that, I think they've been kind of working on shuffling that offensive line too, kind of trying to figure out what works. And I do think that North Carolina game was by far. Cause like I was watching, I was watching Boston college and NC state and some of those like more recent games. And I was just like, that offensive line is just not good. And then you kind of turn on the North Carolina game and it was like, it seemed like it was much improved. So yeah, I think it, it better. And so I'm just, I don't think it's going to, again, I'm not overly like concerned about it, but uh, you know, they have been good. And conversely, you know, the previous five games uh, that they lost, they'd only ran for over a hundred yards once. So, uh, you know, throughout yeah. just over the course of the season, they haven't been, uh, you know, a very good running team. And again, just outside of these last two performances, which have both resulted in wins. Yep. Definitely a key for Virginia is kind of getting that, keeping that running game going. You mentioned the offensive line. I agree. Like, I think overall they're not a good unit, but they do appear to be trending better. Um, but they are very poor in pass protection. Now they did play their best game of the season against North Carolina. So we will see if they can continue. They are allowing 3.43 sacks uh, per game, which is a poor, poor mark. Um, defensive personnel. You know, to me, Gabby, like, I think this is a bend but don't break defense in terms of system. And I think that's what they should be running because, you know, I'm not necessarily blown away by their defensive personnel in terms of having game wreckers on that side of the ball. You know, Chico Bennett is their best pass rusher this year. 19 pressures, still hasn't recorded a sack on the year. So he's he's searching for his first sack. But last year for Virginia... He did have seven sacks and 33 pressures. Um, he did transfer last year from Georgia Tech to Virginia. Jonas Sanker is kind of a solid in-the-box safety that yeah. leads them in tackles. He's he's a pretty good player for them. Cohen King, solid corner. In that North Carolina game, the nose tackle, uh, Jameer Carter, kind of flashed to me too. He had some success running stunts and twists up front. To me, they're not like... They're not a bad tackling team. They're not a bad tackling defense. But again, do they have like playmakers or are you necessarily worried about them? They're kind of just more of a keep everything in front of you defense and hopefully you eventually mess up or you have that one negative play that knocks you off schedule and we can force you to punt. That's my read on their defense. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't disagree with with any of that. Uh, I, I, I mean, they're... I, I just as far as personnel wise, just guys that, you know, I think just kind of maybe just stood out more than others. Uh, I like one, one of those interior defensive linemen, nine, number 94, Aaron Faumui. Uh He's a guy that I felt like kind of popped off 
uh, the mm-hmm. screen at times he's for them. Just forever. The, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, I mean, he's solid. Like, you know, he, he does a good job for those guys. And, you know, I think he does a good job in the middle of that defense. And uh, I was kind of impressed by a freshman linebacker that they're rolling with Cam Robinson. He wears number five for them again. Gee, I think he's a true freshman, but you know, has the right measurable six foot two. I think he's listed at 227 pounds. And I feel like I kind of, see, I feel like we've been seeing him a little bit more lately. It seems like he has some, some talent, some ability, but yeah, you know, I'm not overly like blown away with just the overall uh, who they've been. I think up front, you know, I think they do a good job of, you you know manufacturing uh you know just some i don't know like i guess pressure um uh, i don't think it's to an extent that would just like again with with this miami offensive line where i'm like concerned about it but i think relative to even like you know some of these acc schools against these eight like you know the boston colleges the nc states even a little bit against north carolina i think you saw points where that defense kind of gave them uh that yeah. defensive front uh especially gave them a hard time and last week honestly like they did a really good job of just making drake keeping drake may like uncomfortable and i think he still uh you know had a good like numerical day um he wasn't efficient though he yeah he didn't look like 7.2 yards per attempt which yeah. you'll take that against drake may for sure and, and they stopped the run relatively well definitely and uh i think even like the play that kind of sealed it uh, you know, it was a, it was a pressure. Um, maybe it was Chico mm-hmm. Bennett. I'm not sure if it was Chico Bennett. No, it, it, it was, was a guy one. who had been. Yeah, he has hurt. another weird. Yeah, he had. Been, he has a. He has a kind of a weird, uh, different last name, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, generates a pressure, kind of gets a hit on Drake May. Uh, he just kind of throws a ball right at James Jackson, that uh, that middle linebacker who, uh, who again is, I think, is another good player for them. Uh, and they use him in a different ways, whether it just be kind of you know blitzing or you know, just having him do a couple different things there on the defensive side. So, uh, you know, again, I think you just got to, you just got one of those games. You just got to, you got to show up and you just got to, you got to play, man. You got to play hard because uh, it does seem like they find ways to, to just make things difficult at times. Again, I'm not super concerned about it, but I just want to tip my cap to to them for, you know, again, show, showing that they can, you know, do certain things, you they're know, especially improving. defensively. I, I definitely think their program that's improving. And I think over the course of the season, like you see it like just over the course and even just really over the course of four quarters. Cause I feel like there's been times over the course of the season, like I was watching the first, like the first half of that Boston college game, like, like I'm at halftime and I'm just trying to figure out like how in the world is Boston college winning this game? Like Virginia looked like clearly the better team for, you know, the first half of that game. And then it was all Boston college the rest of the way. And I think even against NC state, there was a, uh, you know, times where it felt like that game was competitive and NC state ended up figuring it out. I mean, both those games were three-point games. So I think, uh, you know, as the season's gone on, uh, Virginia has been playing some some better football. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Miami's obviously going to have to come, you know, ready to play and handle business. Will Betridge is eight of nine on his field goal attempts this season. Punter Daniel Sparks is averaging 43 and a half yards per punt. So their specialists are, are getting it done. Nothing too special yet in terms of return production. Uh, but Malik Washington, the, the slot receiver, is a guy on kickoff return duties. So, um, yeah, I think Virginia is trending in the right direction, but there's still a ways to go in terms of having talent that will strike fear. But they are a team that's going to be confident coming into this week after earning that victory at North Carolina as a 23-and-a-half-point yeah. underdog. Yeah, I, real quick, Will Betridge, Miami Gulliver prep alum. So, yes, very, I've seen him kick plenty at the high school level. So, that's another interesting little, you know, thing to kind job. of keep aware of. He's doing a good job.
Good for Will. All right. So let's take a break here. And then on the other side, we'll talk about this game from a Miami perspective. All right, Gabby, you know the drill. How about what we want to see from the Miami side of things in this game? Yeah, I mean, just a couple things that I want to see. I think first, uh, you know, just kind of going back to, I think, a point we were just kind of just making, uh, just key in on that run defensively. Just, again, want to highlight those stats. Last two games, over 200 yards. They've won both. Prior to that, have only ran for over 100 yards in one game. They were 0 for 5 in those games. So I think you want to, you know, obviously hone in on that Virginia run game because I think that's clearly when they're at their best, when they're able to kind of get that stuff going. Uh, obviously I think you got to key in on Malik Washington. If you're that Miami defense, I think he's got to be the focal point. Uh, you always got to kind of be aware and be cognizant of where he is on the field. And you know, the fact that the ball's going to be going to him a lot. And then on the other side, just for Miami, just to highlight three things, uh, just stack another strong performance from that running back room. Uh, you know, they had a good solid, uh, you know, day against Clemson where they ran for over 200 yards. I want to just kind of continue to see that running back room kind of just continue to take those next steps and just continue to kind of progress, uh, you know, during the back half of the schedule. Uh, obviously, you got to win. You got to win this one. Obviously, don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. Then you go to NC State and then you got Florida State. And I'm hoping that that running game is kind of peaking at that point. You know, I think it's you got to stack some of those solid performances. Uh, so I'm hoping to see just a few of those types of things. Yeah, I think the running phase of this game is an important game within the game. Um, and even just from a Miami standpoint, like you were saying, establishing the run, uh, you know, against Georgia Tech, Miami ran for 160 yards, and that number is fine against Power 5 teams for the most part, but that number was well below the season average that Georgia Tech was allowing as a run defense going into that game. So that was a subpar performance. North Carolina in that game, the Tar Heels won that run game battle. And then, of course, Clemson, Miami dominated that run game battle against the Tigers. So uh, definitely a key going in this game, too, for the reasons you highlighted, where um, you know not only has the run game sparked Virginia's offense, also, too, in these games that they're losing, like against Tennessee, who's pretty good at running the ball this year. Um, the Vols ran for 287 yards and five touchdowns in that game. And really in that game, Gabby, that, that Tennessee game, Tennessee came out and, and kind of at the start of the game, tried to throw it around like they did last year. And, you know, number one, Joe Milton is not Hendon Hooker. Right. They also, <laughs> I think they, they, they figured that out pretty quickly. They also don't have the receivers they had last year. But also, too, I think Virginia's kind of bend but don't break defense, you know, did its job defending that passing game. And so Tennessee had to shift to running the ball, and they found a lot of success in that game doing that. Um, and against Boston College, um, you know, the Eagles ran for 203 yards against Virginia in that game. So definitely seems like in these Virginia games, when Virginia runs the ball well, they are competitive slash win. Uh, when they don't and the other team does, they have no shot at winning the game. And of course, Miami comes into this game as a top 10 run defense in the country right now. Um, the other key, I mean, look, this this is honestly just going to be a key 
or something I want to see the rest of the season. Yeah. Because it is kind of Miami's story right now, and that is winning the turnover battle. Yeah. Uh, because that, that equals winning for this team. Uh, it's very simple. In Miami's two losses, they lost the turnover battle 92. Um, they won the turnover battle against Clemson. They won the game. Uh, it's going to be key for Tyler Van Dyke to, to protect the football. Don't force these throws against these soft coverages that, you know, put the ball in harm's way. Take that check down and, and live to fight another down. Honestly, Gabby, like I think this offense can level up if Tyler kind of commits to doing that, just understanding when to take the check down more and, and you know, keep keep the chains moving in that regard rather than always looking to push the ball. I do like aggressive quarterbacks, but obviously when you're turning the ball over in critical situations like that, um, not good. Yeah. The other thing too, I mean, look, we've talked about how these are one score games against Virginia in the last five years. And I think a, a contributing factor to that has been kind of Miami for whatever reason gets off to slow, sleepy starts against Virginia. So I went and looked at the first quarter scores in these recent games and, um, you know, Miami was leading at the end of one of the, so the last six games, Miami had the edge at the end of the first quarter in one of those games. So last year, the score was 0-0. Miami did win that game 14-12. In 2021, Virginia had a 9-0 to lead at the end of the first quarter. Virginia won that game 30-28. to In 2020, the score was tied at 7. Uh, and Miami won that game 19 to 14. In 2019, Miami had a 7-0 lead. Miami won that game 17 to 9. In 2018, it was 0-0. Virginia won 16 to 13. Man, these are some brutal scores. Um 2017, that that game, Miami kind of won by a big margin, but it was Miami won 44-28, but it was closer than that score indicated. And Virginia held a 14 to seven lead at the end of the first quarter of that game. So just big picture wise, you know, I do think it's important, you know, as Miami navigates the season, I think it's important for Miami to start rolling going into that Florida state game. And so part of that to me is kind of putting Virginia away as early as possible and starting fast. Now, that doesn't mean the game's going to be over in the at the end of the first quarter at all. But it does need to look like you are clearly the better team. And I do think, you know, you, you got to have an early lead against this Virginia team. So, For sure. Um, it's probably going to be walking into this game feeling good. Like, I mean, they're coming off of a big win like that over a top 10 team on the road. Like, I mean, you got to think that they're going to be feeling, you know, yeah. fairly confident. They play Miami just- tough. They're confident always. anyways, I bet. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's always been a tough, it's always been a weird one playing Virginia. So we'll see how they come, how Miami comes out. Um, obviously, I would assume that Georgia Tech game was a wake up call in this regard. So let's see how Miami goes out and handles things in the first quarter, more specifically the first half. Um, but yeah, look like you're the better team clearly early on because you are. Attention, business owners. Have you filed for the employee retention credit? 
Do the latest IRS releases have you concerned about your filing? Are you seeking clarity on your employee retention tax credit filing? If you've done your employee retention tax credit filing to a third party and have reservations about its accuracy, turn to the experts at Musarino Furdock PLLC. Their team of experienced tax professionals will conduct a, a, a meticulous assessment of your filing, ensuring it adheres to all relevant regulations and guidelines. Their rigorous evaluation process will leave no stone unturned, providing you with a comprehensive analysis of your employee retention tax credit submission. There's no hidden fees. They're here to help business owners who may have fallen victim to a third-party scheme. Seek certainty in a complex landscape. Call Musarino Furdock, PLLC, at 561-437-0414 or visit MusarinoFurdock.com. That's M-U-C-E-R-I-N-O-F-U-R-D-O-C-K.com. The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Born and raised in Miami, Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text Star directly at 561 561- Five seven three four six six one. And here's the beauty: when you refer someone to Star, he will donate two hundred and fifty dollars to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text Star today at five six one five seven three four six six one. Matchup we like the most from Miami's perspective going into this game. What do you think? Yeah, I just, you know, I really love the way that uh, Miami's offensive line is kind of playing right now, especially coming off of that Clemson game. I think they have a, a real advantage, you know, that off. I, I, I mean, again, I feel like, you know, they're going to ha- they're typically going to have the the advantage, you know, on the offensive yeah. line. But uh, that Virginia defense where uh, they're ranked again, just in like uh, yards per game allowed. They're 103rd in rushing defense per game and uh, they allow 4.5 yards per rush, which is like in the 90s, I think. Um so I, I just think that there's going to be a, a I think Miami's obviously built a certain way. They have an identity, which I think has been well established at this point. And, uh, you know, I definitely expect Miami to kind of tr- try to just like really, you know, just impose their sort of will in the trenches, especially offensively to get that run game going. And, you know, hopefully it makes it a lot easier for Tyler to, you know, just kind of be able to operate with a, a running game that's that's being efficient and uh you know, kind of doing its job and helping open everything else up. So that's one place where I really feel like Miami uh, has a has an opportunity to to kind of again just get it rolling early. Is just kind of win in 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 up front in the trenches in the run game. I'll flip it to the other line of scrimmage battle. I like yeah. Miami's pass rush against yeah. the Virginia offensive line. I think they should have their way, especially if they stop the run, like. I expect them to um, match up to keep an eye on from a Miami perspective. What do you got? 
Yeah, I think it's just Malik Washington. To me, it's Malik Washington, I guess, versus to, to Corey Couch, who's, I'm, who I'm guessing is probably going to be tasked with covering him. Again, I mean, Malik Washington is 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 the guy that they kind of roll with on offense. And uh, so I, I think that that's definitely the most important person on the field for Miami, whether it be Virginia's offense or defense. Like, I think Malik Washington is the guy that Miami needs to kind of find a way to kind of limit. Uh, find a way to you know just make things more complicated for him or difficult for him uh, kind of try to you know obviously you probably won't but you know try to just limit those touches or just try to make those touches less efficient get him get him on the ground I feel like he does a good job of kind of just making some people miss like you mentioned that quick first step that he has and you see that kind of come up time and time again so you know just uh, make sure your tackling's on point whenever you kind of get to him and, uh, you know, make sure you're kind of getting him out of bounds or just bringing him down because he can beat you if he makes a couple guys, um, you know, make he can make you look silly. So uh, I think Malik Washington, I guess, to Corey Couch should be a, an interesting matchup. And look, and again, to, to, to Corey Couch's credit, he has been playing uh, some good some good football here recently. So uh, let, let's see how that, that goes, if that is, in fact, what ends up kind of lining up. I will go with Tyler Van Dyke against this style of defense. Um, just want to see him get it done. Matchup to keep. Oh, sorry. I already did that one. Player that needs to step up. I'm going to go running back Henry Parrish. To me, this needs to be a hundred yard game from him. Um, I guess one guy I forgot from the injury talk was Don Chaney. I think that that's one to just keep an eye on. I don't think. The thing he was carted off with proved to be anything serious. Um, I think there was concern, maybe that it was, but I don't think it proved to be serious. I would guess, this is me guessing, that he will be held out this week as a precautionary thing. Um, but I, I kind of would expect him to be back the next week. Anyways, Henry Parrish, I think this needs to be a 100-yard game for him. Yeah, uh, Either him or A.J. Allen, I guess. Um, go get it. Who do you got? Yeah. yeah, I went with KJ Cloyd. Just a linebacker, too, basically, is just like my overall mentality. Just because, again, I think it's going to be important to just really just kind of narrow in on that run. And, uh, you know, Tony Musket, he he likes to kind of run around a little bit as well. I think just kind of zeroing in on, you know, whatever he does, kind of use his legs, just kind of getting on top of him. So I think Kiko Mauanoa, I mean, he's the highest graded linebacker against the rush in the country right now according to pro football focus i'm pretty i think that's right just based on just the statistics that i've kind of seen floating around there uh so just kind of having a second linebacker kind of step up and and solidify all that stuff um i think is going to be a big deal so i I, i'm looking at kj cloyd as a a, another guy who needs to step up how about player the game who you got yeah so i'm i'm going with colby young and i know it kind of goes against everything that we've kind of talked about with that bend but don't break approach but in three of the last four games, um, uh, who's it? Virginia has allowed a receiver to go for over a hundred yards, and the only game they did it was William and Mary, just because, and it's just because they just basically run the ball. But um, Tez Walker went for I think one hundred and fourteen and a touchdown. Uh, Kevin Concepcion at NC State, their their star true freshman, uh, he went for I think it was like one forty and I think maybe two touchdowns, and then um. Bond at Boston College went for like 107 yards and a touchdown. So I think Colby Young could be the, you know, wide receiver one type of guy for Tyler Van Dyke. And I think he could potentially have himself a a nice big uh, game here 
against against the Virginia sec that Virginia secondary if that trend kind of continues. So we'll see if it does. Um, but I, I think Colby Young could be in for a nice performance. I'll go Ruben Bain, just keeping the yeah, keeping it rolling. I think I picked him last week, by the way. I, so I'm I'm gonna pat myself on the back for picking him as the game MVP against Clemson. So good job, Gab. There you go. I don't even remember, but I believe you. I think I did. I'm pretty sure I I I did. I know I did, but that's fine. Sports line projection over unders. Tony Musket, they have at 280 passing yards against the Canes. What do you think, Abby? That's a, that's a lot. I was looking through his stuff. It's I don't I I at least since he's kind of come back from that injury, I, I don't think he's come particular. I think the closest he got is like 247 or 243. So I'm gonna take the under just because I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's kind of high. I'm not sure why it's that high, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh, there you go. That could be it. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm still going to take the under. I think I'll take the under too, but I think it'll be close. And I do think that's why they're projecting it. Just, I think they're saying number one, I think they're expecting Miami to stop the run, which means you're going to have to throw it a lot. Number two, I think they're projecting Miami to be up relatively comfortably, which means you got to throw the ball a lot, but I'll, I'll still take the under. Um, Malik Washington, they have at 92 yards. Yeah, again, this would be a this would be a season low for him, uh, ninety two yards, and I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna take the under. I don't feel super confident about that, but I think I might roll under. Um, I don't feel super good about it, but I am gonna go under. I'll go over. And then this one I made up: Tyler Van Dyke, one and a half interceptions. I'm I, I don't know. I I'm also gonna go under. I went under in all these, and I think I'm usually the over guy, but I'm I'm going under on all three of these. Um, I'm hoping, I mean, I, I'm hoping it's just one It's basically yeah. where I'm kind of landing on, like, just, just like, maybe we'll, maybe he'll throw one, but just leave it at that. I'll say under as well. I think Virginia has had only four interceptions on the season. Um, but I'll say under. All right. Betting lines and score prediction time. Gabby. Miami is last I looked a 19 point favorite. The over-under is at 46.5. Give us your score prediction and betting what you would bet if you were a betting man on this game. Yeah, uh, so score prediction, I I, I have Miami winning. Um, I'm going to go with a 34-17 to 17 win, so I guess that's a 17-point margin. So I guess I'm not picking the, the, the Miami that's to a, cover. That's a, to me, that's a big line. Like a huge line. I don't know. I understand, like, like early in the season, I almost, I don't know. They 19 just beat, points I, to me is a lot of points, but yeah, especially against it's, a team that they never blow out. But anyways. Right, exactly. And I feel like even 17, I'm I'm kind of just, I feel like I'm maybe in my head just even pushing it a little bit just because, and it's just, and I don't know, I feel like Miami still needs to kind of show up in this type of, like, again, it felt like very similar Georgia Tech when it was just like kind of a big line also. And they obviously didn't cover that or even come close. And they obviously just straight up lost the game. And I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but I still think Miami needs to kind of just like prove it that they can kind of show up in these games that they, that there is such a huge spread. Uh, So I, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to pick Miami to win. I'm still going to pick Miami to win comfortably. Cause I think that they can probably will. Uh, Yeah. I'm going 34, 17. Uh, I guess that means I'm taking the over. I'm bad at math. So I'm struggling to, to uh, yeah, I yes. guess that would be 51 points. So, Take the over, not covering 19 points, and 
but still relatively comfortable win uh, for the Hurricanes to move to, what would it be, 6-2? and two? Yes. And bowl eligible. Did we not even talk about the, the just the importance <laughs> of bowl eligibility here? Come on, bro. Yeah, it's on the it's on the line. It's on the it's on the uh, line right now. So I'm like you, I don't feel comfortable about Miami covering 19 points. I would also take the over barely. And my score prediction is Miami 31, Virginia 17. So again, to me, this spread is just to me, it's just too high. Uh, I think I think that tells you, though, just from a pure analytics and numbers standpoint, that Miami is well thought of, though, because yeah. they've shown that potential. Um, but let's see them actually blow a Power 5 team out like this. Um, so, yeah. I do think Virginia is getting better, but ultimately Miami is just the much better team, particularly on the line of scrimmage. And so, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, 3.30 ACC Network. Be there, be square. We'll have it all covered. Until next time, take care. <laughs>